0: I was pretty sure I knew the path that God was leading me down. I was in school preparing to become a math prof and I was fairly certain that my calling or ministry was to teach math at a Christian college like Anderson University, the school that Chris and I attended. Uh, after I finished uh, school in 1979, I was hired at Alma College for a one-year teaching position. Another prof is, uh, was taking a leave of absence for just one year. Well. Things happened, that person decided not to return to ALMA, and so one year turned into two, and then three, and so on. And also at that time, there was a huge interest in in computer science, and so they needed people to teach computer science, and I volunteered to do that, and uh, um, so I became a computer science teacher along with teaching math. You know, as I look back over those first few years at ALMA, there were so many things that just fell into place for me, and I don't think I noticed all of those at the time. And I never expected the job to be such a perfect fit fit for me. Well, in 1986, things changed. Uh, I had a very serious eye injury in that uh, in July of that that year. And then in September, many of you remember the 100-year flood that occurred, uh, and our house was smack dab in the middle of that of that flood. Um, shortly after that, I received a call from Anderson University inviting me to apply for a, a a computer science teaching position at the school. Um, You know, I was in a pretty sad state. Um, I had a patch over my eye. Our house had just been flooded. uh, And that's not the best set of circumstances to be in to make a major decision, but we did. We decided to move to Anderson and I I was going to teach computer science at, at Anderson. Well, in spite of the fact that we were living and working in a place that we dearly loved, the job just wasn't the right job for me and I was miserable. So we came back to Alma and it was then that I realized that teaching at Alma College was exactly where God had wanted me to serve.
1: The day Tim decided that he wanted to move back to Alma was a really tough day for me. I felt like we belonged in Anderson, um, reconnecting with our college friends, uh, a great church, Bible study, a house we loved, just the perfect fit, except for Tim. The job was just not a good fit. Really? We're going to pack it all up and move back? You see, it was only nine months before that, that I had not only unpacked a hundred boxes, I had unpacked my heart. I invested, I settled. Um, Leaving this would feel like such a defeat. Like, oops, we made this big mistake. It felt like going backward instead of forward okay, Lord, please help me on this. Um, Work in me and work with me on this. Uh, Submitting to Tim's heart and God's will was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but he is a generous God. He gave me back more than I was ever giving up. He gave us Mark, our third son, uh, the his place job, a job I could have never dreamt up for myself a fantastic church and youth group for our three boys to grow up in, dear friends, and a community with many opportunities to impact college students and others. Jesus has led us all the way through our own detours and all. When we trust him, he'll direct our paths even when it feels like going backward.
2: Well, welcome back to our fall spiritual journey called Recover Your Life. And friends, as you watch today, I believe that God has an encouraging word for you today. Well, let's jump right into our text for this series Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside quiet waters. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, each week we are uh, working our way through a different piece of this beautiful psalm, and we began last week with those opening words that the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And today we continue and we look at uh, the phrase, he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. Today, I'd like for us to think about what it means uh, when the scripture says, he makes me lie down. And I wonder, what comes to mind for you, especially that phrase, he makes me? Now... I know that can sound forced, can't it? Uh, but, but I wonder, is that really what David is intending in this psalm, that God is forcing us, that he's making us lie down? Now, uh, I don't have much experience with making sheep lie down, uh, our, our big picture for this psalm of the shepherd and sheep. I have very little experience making sheep lie down. But I do know very well what it's like to try and put an amped up child to bed. Oh, that I know all about. Uh, My husband Dan and I have four kids. uh, And for the last nine years of my life, I think probably every single night, at least once, I've said, lie down, lie down, lie down please lie down, get back in your bed, lie down, lie down, lie down. I am really good at that instruction. I have a lot of practice, and I know how difficult it is sometimes to have a child who doesn't want to go to bed or stay in bed uh, to get them to lie down. I wonder, is that what the psalmist meant when he said, uh, he makes me lie down? Another thing that comes to mind for me uh, also with my kids is a game that I've been playing lately with our youngest, Anna Kate, who's three years old, and we call it Timber because uh, she's like a tree that's falling over. Timber, you get the idea, right? And I'm telling you, my daughter is tough, and if we're not playing hard enough, she will let me know about that. So in fact, I have a little clip. We were playing that earlier this week. Take a look. Okay, but mom, say it. No, mom, say right. it faster than you can like this. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready? You want me to do it? Because my hands are big, like and it goes faster. Okay, alright, so you ready? You want me to do it hard? Okay. Oh, do it again. That was hard. Okay, ready? <laughs> alright,
0: ready?
2: Are you ready? <laughs> Well, that's certainly one picture of what it means to lie down, but I really don't think that that is the kind of picture that David had in mind as he penned this psalm, that that it's not to be a forcible knockdown from God. He makes me lie down. So what does it mean? Well, as we read this psalm, uh, we find that, that there's really a picture that's painted for us here. Remember, it begins, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So what does it mean for a shepherd to make sheep lie now, that's the question for us today. Now, of course, I'm a novice on this subject. I've been doing a lot of reading, but I have a lot to learn. So this week I decided to take a field trip and learn from an expert. Take a look.
1: Come on. Come on. That's Magnolia.
0: Hi,
2: Magnolia.
1: Um, good question. I, I don't know. They you don't know. like to lie down on, on, without undrooning because we shear them every year. You have to shear them. You have to get them off their feet because you can't handle them when they're on their feet because they're really, they're really uh, good at staying on their feet. So you have to get their legs out from under them to get them down. So. They, they'll just lie down on their own. I never had to make them lie down.
0: They're all happy right now, Good
2: green pasture. She's your buddy. I love that.
1: not she? She's adjusted really well here. She hears yeah. me talking out there, and she'll come right up to the fence. She hears you coming.
2: Thank you to John Kemmler and to Magnolia, the sheep. Uh, what a great visit that was this week. And uh, for me, what a wonderful picture that was. I loved having a conversation with John and learned so much as I talked with him. Uh, you know, we think about that uh, passage today and that first phrase that we're looking at today from the psalm, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And the truth is, it's extremely difficult to make a sheep lie down. Now, we think about other animals, a a dog, for example, that we can train to sit down, to do tricks, but not so with sheep. There's a well-known proverb that affirms, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. In a very similar way, No one can make a sheep lie down. You see, sheep will only lie down when they have had plenty to eat and when they have quenched their thirst and when all fear of danger is gone. To lie down is a picture of provision. To lie down because all needs are met. Now, last week, as we talked about the Lord as our shepherd, we talked so much about God's provision, that at the center of the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep is provision. The Lord is my shepherd. And we make that statement knowing that we belong to God. And because we belong to God, he is our provider. Provision is at the center of the relationship. That's the role of the shepherd. And the rest of the psalm, the 23rd psalm, all assures us of this truth, of this provision of God. David, uh, the author of this psalm, who himself was a shepherd, had this very picture of provision in mind. This was the picture that he painted for us, that it's because of the provision of the shepherd That sheep lie down. Because of the provision of the shepherd, sheep lie down. Now, let's think about that provision for a moment. Now, when we think, he makes me lie down in green pastures, we probably have a picture like this in our minds. A lush, green pasture with only abundance as far as the eye can see. But what's really interesting is that if you look at the terrain in the Holy Land, in the wilderness, where shepherds often care for their flocks, the grazing pasture for sheep looks more like this. That's quite a sight. It's quite a contrast, isn't it? It makes you wonder if if the sheep are eating rocks, (laughs) if that's their diet in some way. But you see, in between the rocks, there are little bits of green. There are shoots of green that grow up just a little bit, just enough. In the climate of the Holy Land, rains begin in November. They conclude by February. And that means that lush green pastures are a luxury for only a few short months out of the year. That means that on most days, a shepherd has to lead the flock over the the course of the terrain, in and out to find nourishment and water. And there, the terrain provides just enough, just enough nourishment. As the shepherd leads the flock to find daily food, all their needs are met. You know, I think for us in the midst of these days, this is really a wonderful picture for us, especially in the midst of challenging times. Because as much as as we love that picture of a rich, abundant, green pasture with with no end in sight to all of the, uh, the beautiful greenery there, but I wonder if the picture of provision that God has for us is so much more like the terrain that we see there in the Holy Lands, that there is just enough for today. I know so often when we feel that that things are lacking, when things feel scarce in our lives, how much we would love for for God to give us a big pile of abundant provision all at once in our lives. But that's not how God usually provides. It reminds me of the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 30 from the message. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way that he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in this God reality, God initiative, God provision. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow, God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You know, our journey, our spiritual journey this fall that we're on together has so much to do with experiencing the daily provision of God right in the middle of the hard and the stress and the frustration and the weariness that so many of us are experiencing. That right in the middle of that, that we can encounter Jesus, that we can experience his presence right in the ordinary, and to know that his presence really does change everything. As we read the 23rd Psalm, it reminds us of the care and the kindness of God. I really love that as we study this psalm. When we think about God making us lie down in green pastures, it's not because he knocks us over or slams us down, but he invites us to rest in his provision and his care. Well, let's talk for a moment about this next phrase, he leads me beside still waters. Did you know that sheep are afraid of fast moving water? Did you know that? Of course, we know sheep can't swim. And this idea of, of sheep being in uh, heavy currents, you think about their, uh, their heavy coats getting all wet and weighed down in the water, this is a, a deadly danger for them. So instinctively, a sheep will only drink from still water. And if there's no still water available, then a shepherd has a task to do. A shepherd will gather stones to fashion a, a dam across a small stream to form a pool from which even the tiniest lamb can drink without fear. What a picture of provision that is in our minds. That, that even when uh, the, there are swift and turbulent currents, that a caring shepherd will create a space of calm and nourishment. See, this assures us that God knows our limitations. He doesn't condemn us because we have weakness. God does not force us beyond our endurance. Instead, God is constantly ministering to our needs. And that doesn't mean that the journey is always easy. In fact, as we go on in the psalm, we're reminded of the rod and the staff of God and and often hard things that he asks of us. But knowing that at the center of all of that is a trustworthy God who cares for us as a gentle shepherd. That belonging and provision is at the center of that relationship. My friend, my great Hope for you these days is that you will experience the goodness of God, that you will know that in the center of your soul, that you will know that God is good, that He is good to you, and that He is worthy of your trust. And because of who He is, we can lie down because we dwell in safety, and we can trust that He will provide. For our needs, we can trust his character. And that's especially important for us these days. I know that generally it's the unknown or the unexpected that produce the greatest panic in us. When life is interrupted, when the future feels unsteady, when we struggle to to quiet our minds from the worries and the what-ifs that are around the corner. See, this invitation of Jesus that we receive, this invitation to rest, is not because our circumstances are easy, but because of Jesus, the presence of our shepherd. That his presence is more powerful, it is more significant than any adversity that we face. That his presence is greater than any problem. We find an echo of this in the fourth psalm as well. Psalm 4, 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's verse 8. It's the last verse of that fourth psalm. But listen to how that prayer begins. The prayer begins this way. Answer me when I call you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. I so appreciate that psalm. I so appreciate those opening words, that cry for help to the Lord. It reminds us to cry out to the Lord in the midst of trouble, in the midst of distress, and to know that that our prayers do not disappear into some black void of nothingness, but that our prayers are heard by the Almighty God, by our Creator, by Yahweh, by the one who is God with us. And He does not stand far off, but He draws draws near personally. You see, he is your shepherd, and you belong to him. He is your shepherd, and he is your provider. And in your moments of greatest need, he rescues. And often that's not by changing your circumstances. He rescues by being present. Because his presence transforms any situation. That is the powerful presence of God to calm, to give peace, to provide endurance to get through. With the almighty God who is your tender shepherd, you can persevere. You know, as we will continue working our way forward through this 23rd Psalm, we will soon come to the central truth of this Psalm upon which everything else hinges and it's these four words, you are with me. You are with me. And that is the truth and the promise that really does change everything. That is good news, and not just in this psalm, but that is the good news of the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus, who is called Emmanuel. God is with us. My friend, I remind you today that he is with you. He makes me lie down. There's a scholar named Kenneth Bailey, and he suggests that we could translate that phrase, he settles me down. I love that. And my friend, that's what I'm praying for you today. Can I pray for you? Oh, our gracious God, we are so grateful for the way that you love us, for the way that you provide for us for the way that we can rest knowing that we belong to you. So God, I pray for all my friends who listen today. Lord, you know them and you see them in this very moment. And I ask today that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that all who listen might sense in the center of their being your nearness, your help, your strength, your rescue. God, I pray that you would help all those who listen to be able to rest in green pastures and to be beside quiet waters because you are good and you are near. And so, God, with courage today, we trust you. We trust that you will provide for the great needs that are on our hearts today, for the things that matter so deeply to us and to those that we love God, we trust that you are working for good and that you will provide. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for the way that you lead us, our good shepherd. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.